Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be sharing our thoughts on what's coming up on Disney Plus in January. We'll also be sharing our thoughts on this week's Disney Plus and Star Originals. Plus, we'll also be talking a little bit about Spider-Man. But don't worry, we'll be doing that right at the very end. So don't worry if you haven't seen it yet. Um, But before we go any further, a quick bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. You can also subscribe on audio platforms as well, including... Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. You can find us all over there. Um, if you haven't done so as well, you can support us on Patreon or on YouTube channel membership from as little as $2 a month. You get early access to some videos. You also get um, to take part in the special Q&A. Now, important to note, this week is going to be a little bit different. Um, on the Sunday evening UK time, when I normally do the podcast, either the live stream, it's going to be completely open to um, all Disney Plus, all of our subscribers. So it's not going to be locked um, back for um, members, so everyone can take part. Um, we'll be doing it a little bit longer. I've added an extra half an hour to, to begin with at the beginning of the day. Um, so Patreon and YouTube channel members have been able to submit their questions. But once I've done them, we're going to be going open to everyone. So it's going to be a, an open like Christmas episode because next week there won't be a, a live Q&A. And the podcast will also be a couple of days early. We're going to record midweek this week after the, the finale of Hawkeye comes out. So that's a little bit of housekeeping. Also, just want to say a big thank you um, to Patreons and YouTube channel members for their support, including Sarah, Andrew, Elliot, Jacob, uh, Khalid, Red Mask Man, G, Andrew, Cody, Darren, Lauren. Also to uh, Ricky, Baba Trolling. We've also got Dave, Diona, Adam, Mohammed. We've also got Ben. We've got Raphael, my VCR still works, Bina. Joshua, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. And also just a big thank you also to all of our Silver members as well for their support. Yeah, it does mean a lot for everyone. Every little penny helps keep all the bills going and all the rest of it. So there we go. So let's jump into it. So it's been it's been a nice marvelly week. It's been a nice marvelly week. I've got my Hawkeye Christmas t-shirt on. Um, so let's jump into it. But we're going to start off with um, Disney has officially com- released the what's going to be coming to Disney Plus in the United States in January. Now, I'm going to say this right from the word go. This is not going to take us very long. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is rough. This is a rough one. And we'll talk about that afterwards. So first off, every Wednesday in December, or sorry, in January, you're going to be getting a brand new episode of Star Wars The Book of Boba Fett. So remember that. That's the, that's the key bit. That's the one thing everyone's going to be watching. You're also getting new episodes of The Miraculous Tale of Ladybug and Cat Noir on Wednesday, the uh, 5th of January. Then on Friday, it's a couple of movies dropping in, including Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dog Days, Like Mike 1 and 2, and The Return of the Sandlot, which has come back. I think this will be the third or fourth time that this movie... It only got removed recently. This is the yo-yo of the 20th century movies. I personally find that one a little bit like, well, it's barely been gone like four weeks. It's not really eligible. Then we're getting on Wednesday, the 12th of January, Eternals. Big release. That's obviously the big main movie of the year, of well, of the month oh, for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Then on uh, Friday, we're getting Betty Goes Wild. So that's gonna be that's gonna be good. A nice twelve-year-old documentary in celebration of her hundredth birthday coming up. She's kind of like becoming like the, the queen of America, isn't she? It's like we use like, like for her dates for us. For us. Um, and then then you're getting Catch yeah. a Kid. I, I would be perfectly fine with Betty White being royalty, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I think she's she's US royalty. Then on Wednesday, the 19th of January, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, season two, you're getting the second batch of five episodes. And, and assembled, The Making of Hawkeye, which I'm surprised is a little bit later than normal. 
um, but spread it out a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is interesting that that one's late because you would have expected this one to be like the Assembled for Eternals, which yeah. was, was releasing the week before. But, okay. Yeah. Uh, Vets on the Beach Seasons 1 and 2. And then on Wednesday, the 26th of January, Random Ring Seasons 1 and 2. And then on the 28th of January, you get an Ice Age Adventures of Buckwild. Now, it's important to note, this is only in, like, I think the US, Canada, and I think maybe Latin America. Us in Europe and Australia are going to have to wait until the 25th of March. Disney even put out the poster on their social media confirming that that date is correct, which is just um, ludicrous. I don't know why we're not getting it in the UK, but so there you go. That is your entire lineup. What an awful month. <laughs> I mean, if you take if you take Eternals and Book of Boba Fett out, and okay, I'll give them maybe um the world according to Jeff Goblin. That's just that's just dread. I mean, you're literally one thing a day. No, they, they want to celebrate the beginning of 2022 by reminding us of the beginning of 2020 with the, <laughs> uh, the amount of content they're putting out. I mean, obviously, you can't sneeze at, at Boba Fett. That, that's going to be drawing people in every single week. Uh, it'll be the talked about show for, for a while. Uh, but yeah, there, there's nothing else. If, you, if you've if watched the Boba Fett episode for the week, and then you're like, oh, let's see what else is on. Oh, uh, literally nothing. Okay. I guess that that's what we're going to have. We're going to have Boba Fett. And then uh, with the exception of the, the Eternals coming out that one week. That's it. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's like, I mean, the book of Boba Fett is, I'm really looking forward to that. So I can't, I'm not trying to dismiss how important that show is. But I mean, we were literally like one thing a day. I mean, it is just, um, I mean, it, there were some days they even skipped because I couldn't even fill up the Friday because there was nothing, nothing for it to arrive. Um, it's like Jeff Goldblum. I mean, they could at least stretch that out weekly. That might have helped. I mean, it yeah. just, it just, I mean, I mean I, yeah. Especially in the case of Jeff Goldblum, they might be experimenting with it because, you know, the first season might have been one of the ones that, that kind of trailed off as it launched, uh, became lower priority. I mean, that certainly happened with us. It, it yeah. moved down the list of things to watch. But the difference being, it was a title that came out at the very beginning. This is when Disney Plus yeah. launched, and it was mixed in with like 10 different other titles, uh, including High School Musical yeah. and The Mandalorian and stuff that, that were clearly going to overshadow it. There's nothing here that's going to do that now. So it would have made sense for me to be like, yeah, uh, January and possibly February are, are looking pretty lean. Let's stretch this one out and and at least have something for people to look forward to. It's to me as well as like there's just a lack of National Geographic, not the lack of Disney Channel. Um, now, whether or not they announce a load of more stuff that's coming, you know, maybe some ABC content like they did because they did that last or well, this month, they announced a load of stuff to help boost it up. I mean, it just feels like, I mean, like, you know, usually kind of like with originals, you're looking at like, okay, so we got the Ice Age move there. The originals aren't too bad with a movie and that a documentary and Boba Fett, so it's not so bad. But I don't know; it it just feels. I mean, when that list came through, it was like, I mean, it took me, you know, like the time it took me to make the article and to make the video. I mean, people were even like laughing and joking me, going, "Well, you're videoing, it'll take very long." The UK one, it took me nearly three hours to do the same document with the same amount of time because of the amount of content. Now we're going to get into the UK one in a minute, but the US list. 
I mean, it's just like along the lines of guys, you can't sell a service literally like this is not this is not sustainable in terms of I mean, literally the book of Boba Fett is doing all the heavy list lifting. Um, there's so much more stuff that they could have added than this. And just and you know, like the diary of a wimpy kid and the sandlot, you know, they've been on and off before. So it's not like it's it, you know, these have already been on there. I mean, it's literally just an act of I don't know. It just for me, I, I can't help but go along the lines of this is a poor month. This is a very poor month. It is. It's it's unfortunate because, like I said, we really haven't seen this kind of release schedule since 2020, really. Mm. I, I mean, there have been a couple of random ones here and there, but not across the entire month mm. uh, for, for quite some time. So, all right, it's the beginning of the new year. It's January. We know that there is a pretty heavy lineup coming in 2022, but... Yeah, it's hard to, to be like, yep, uh, you, you got a Disney Plus subscription for, for Christmas. Uh, here you go. There's nothing new to watch. I mean, I literally feel like from your point of view, I can see that you are literally going to check in on a Wednesday, Wednesday morning, at, that's and that'll good. be it. And, and you won't go in there at all the rest of the week because there's just there's nothing really there for you. Yeah. No, I will be checking in first thing on Wednesday. I will be watching the Boba Fett episodes before work, and and I'll be done. Um, obviously, uh, when we talk about the UK lineup, there will be a yeah. couple that I'll be checking on Hulu um, yeah. to, to keep parody going there. But I I will be actually kind of interested in what the demographics of people listening to this, uh, mm. Americans specifically yeah. listening to this, who have both a Disney Plus and Hulu uh, subscription. It's Yeah, like I said, so, so that was the US list. There's not really much more we can say really on that. It is just so light that it's hard to kind of, um, kind of do anything. And so... Let's now. I mean, Hulu's going to be getting some good stuff. They'll be getting like the the uh, How I Met Your Father. Um, there'll be a new series of that coming in. But let's jump now into the UK one. Now, I'm not going to go um, through everything because there's a lot of stuff. Um, one thing that was really noticeable in the UK list coming up in uh, January, we're getting like ESPN 30 for 30 documentaries, like three a week, three or four a week, um, all month, um, which I think is a really impressive. You're starting to build out that ESPN. I think by the end of like January, there's going to be more ESPN documentaries on Disney Plus in the UK than there is like Star Wars or Marvel content. There's, there's going to be a lot of stuff um, now. Whether or not this is an indication of more of a more sports stuff starting to drop in at the minute, it's just the documentaries. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely very noticeable that that's happening. Well, I mean, it is worth pointing out that the the thirty and thirty documentaries they have a ton of them. They, they... yeah. This is a, a long-running program that ESPN's been doing for a long time. Mm. Uh, if you're into sports, uh, it I've, I've only watched a few of them, but they are generally very good content. Uh, it's just not one of the series that you're going to sit down and watch everything more than likely. Yeah. You're going to go, okay, here are the basketball episodes. Uh, these are about the, the basketball players that I like. Mm. I'll watch those. Here's the hockey ones. This one's about Wayne Gretzky. I'll watch that one, and and so on. So it's not like a series that everyone's just going to sit down and binge necessarily. Mm. No, I mean, also, so there's going to be a lot of stuff coming in there. There's some, some new original stuff coming. We're going to be getting Queens, the ABC series. That's going to be dropping in from the 19th, which um, is a show I'm looking forward to. We're also getting Big Sky Season 2 dropping from the first week of January, and there'll be new episodes of that dropping right through, which I'm really looking forward to. I really enjoyed Big Sky when that one uh, came on earlier this year. Hit Monkey as well will be dropping at the end of the month. Uh, 
this is what they said again. I mean, obviously we had this before. Um, so this one will be dropping. Just check the date here. I think it was where they, they moved it to. Yeah, on the 26th of January, we'll be getting Hitmonkey. So that's pretty good. We're also getting the Wonder Years. So the first episode of the Wonder Years is dropping under Disney Plus here in the UK this coming Wednesday. So it'll be new episodes of that dropping every single week. Um, we're also getting new episodes of The Big Leap going right through uh, January, along with Bless the Hearts will be finishing up, as will be Mixed Dish. Interesting stuff with Mixed Dish Season 2. They're actually dropping the whole season at once rather than doing the weekly drop, uh, which makes sense because I didn't understand why they did it with the first season because it was like, well, this one's like two years old, nevertheless. Um, couple of, there was something else, a couple of other ones I wanted to pull out. Um, the, the Chi, or The Chai, um, which is a show that's on Showtime there in the United States. They're dropping all four seasons into the UK, and they've not been available before. So that's that's kind of quite a big drop, and I suspect them season five will then start dropping in at some point. Um, interesting enough, we're also getting um, High Fidelity season one will be dropping at the end of January, which originally was going to be a Disney Plus original. I mean, that's kind of taken that long to get to here because it went to, I think it went to Stars or something like that over here um, when we didn't have Disney Plus launch, um, which is a show I've been wanting to watch. I'm trying to think what else we had. Oh, we got um, Insania, which is a Star Plus Latin America uh, original. So we're getting, so we're starting to see some of the um, the international stuff. No, no details or anything like Snowdrop or Blackpink. I know there's a lot of people asking about the South Korean stuff, but no confirmation of them yet um so those was kind of kind of the big ones really also um like some shows like the fx show better things that's all going to be coming so that looks like we're probably going to end up i think getting all the fx series starting to drop in as the deals of the bbc have run out um, i know the espn deal is i think also running out next month the residents the new season of the resident is going to be coming onto the uk at the end of january and that's like left its contract with sky so we're starting to see like business picking up here with the uk list we've not had the australia or canada list released yet they're usually a little a lot nearer to january um but yeah um, the uk list the, i'm still i'm gonna be honest i'm still like i was looking at like the uk list there's a lot of stuff here there's a lot of there's a lot of esp and stuff and there's some random movies and stuff in there as well but it's not there's not a huge amount of things jumping out at me like as much as there has been in previous months there's still it's a lot of old stuff. I think somebody at Disney, either in the UK or in New York or in Amsterdam, wherever the offices are that they're doing this, they found some some vaults of National Geographic and ESPN where they go, oh, we can do that. <laughs> Put that on. <laughs> Which is great. Um, it's just really noticeable that we're getting a lot more older stuff dropping in here. Which... It's good because ultimately, if it gets put into the system, it's much more easier then for it to go out in other places. It's almost like I would imagine once it's in built into the system, they can turn it around much quicker than for other areas. But it's still a, still a solid. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Big Sky. Um, I'm looking forward to watching new episodes of The Big League um, coming out because I watched the first three episodes recently um, ahead. So and they'll be catching up this week. Same thing with the Wonder Years, which I'll be talking about a little bit later on. So there's a lot of great shows I'm, I'm looking forward to. But again, things like Hitmonkey and Big Sky and all this lot are really like leaning in on helping me drop in and out. But again, you know, we've got that same problem with the US where if you know guys don't get the originals, we don't get them either. And it's even worse with Ice Age not coming till March. Um, but yeah, there's quite a few highlights that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I, I will probably try out Big Sky Season 2 there. I'm, uh, 
I mean, it's been so long now, I probably mm. won't bother with season one. Uh, and it might be interesting to get like a for a different yeah. perspective. Can you jump into season two without having mm. seen season one? Uh, which I think some of the storylines. Yeah, I think some of the storyline might continue on with one. Right. Yeah. Uh, that that is to always be expected mm. when you're jumping into a, a series, even at the beginning of the season. But the question will be, can I just roll with it? Yeah. Or or am I going to be sitting there going, I, I have no idea what's going on. You're, you're referencing things I have no, no clue to. Um, and and if it is like that, where it is confusing, maybe I will go back and watch season one. That's not necessarily a reason to condemn condemn no. a show if you jump into season two. It's like. No, without season one, it doesn't make sense, uh, especially yeah. these days with streaming making pretty much everything available. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a weird one, but I the so September I'm expecting some more announcements. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we get a few more little things. I think for the for the library side of things, um, like for example, like here in the UK, um, you know, I'm surprised we didn't get Antlers or the French Dispatch. You know, think those those are kind of two big movies. I would have maybe thought would have dropped in um this month but you know they can the, those things tend to get announced at a later date we're getting into that habit i think now of they put out the list but they keep back some of the nice juicy ones for <laughs> which makes sense because they want to get that that you know the next wave of boost but so there we go that's what's coming in january so obviously from our point of view we'll be talking about boba fett we'll be talking about ice age we'll be doing the the um the word and called the jeff goblin that we won't have to wait as long because I will be watching them episodes a little bit earlier and I'll be letting you know once I've watched them. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, so and other, there will be some other stuff we'll be talking about. Right, we'll, so let's we'll, now. We'll talk Eternals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, I've, I saw that in theaters, but uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll review it on the 13th. It's a, I think it's always hard when a movie drops into a cinema. If you've already seen it, it kind of, it's like, you know, like when Eternals drops, it's like, yeah, we, we kind of... I, you know, it's that thing of, you know, we tend to talk about them like when they come out rather than, you know, but it's a much faster. But we didn't talk about Eternals when it came no. out. Um, I think I wasn't, I, I think I was off. Oh, I think, it, yeah, I think, yeah. So we will, we will talk. Uh, we're going to get a good reason for me to watch the movie again because I kind of, it's one of those weird things where they go, I suppose, yeah, I'll watch it again. I'm not in a rush to watch it again. Or it's like Spider-Man, I would quite happily watch again like in, in two minutes. But um, Eternals is like, oh, yeah, I could go a few months. But yeah. actually, by the time like, Shang-Chi arrived, it was a couple of months later, and I was actually like, oh, I kind of quite like, you know. It was I, funny, though. We were, when we watched Ron's Gone Wrong, which we're going to talk about a bit later on, my wife, I said, oh, it came out in cinemas only like six, eight weeks ago. And my wife said, why is it on here now, then? Is it rubbish? I said, no. <laughs> That's what they're going to be doing from now on. She goes, oh, because she instantly was just like, if it's been sent early, well, it can't be very good. Like, no, no, it is actually, no. I mean, it was fun. But, um, yeah, it's that instant reaction. Going, well, why is it on here so early? No, uh, come back to that in one second. Yeah. I just want to say... Uh, the Eternals, I'm in kind of the same boat with you yeah. where I'm kind of like, uh, I'm not super excited about watching it again. But at the same time, I'm like, I suspect that I will notice things in the second yeah. watch that I did not see in the first. And uh, I am actually looking forward to it, but it's not like the super got to wake mm. up early to see it one. Um, so going back to that point that you just raised, that is one of the reasons why a lot of streaming companies have to be careful about what the release window is. And I think why that 45 day window is starting to be yeah. more popular. There is definitely a mentality probably born from years mm. and years of like direct to video releases where people are like, Oh, it, it was only in theaters like four weeks ago and it's already here now. 
oh, it must be junk. Uh, because that 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 was obviously what used to happen is mm. the movie would come out, it would bomb spectacularly at the office, and the company would just try to get it onto video as soon as possible just to recoup mm. anything they could. And that mentality is is still there. Well, I know I've been like talking to some of my like some of my gaming friends, and you know when I was saying about like Shang Chi coming up for Disney Plus, they're like, "What do you mean? I, I haven't got I haven't managed to get to the cinema yet. Like we've only got three weeks, and you can wait." And, like the last jewel. So, oh, yeah. And they're like, well, I only saw that like three weeks ago at the cinema. And it's like, you know, it, it is just that flick. But I mean, ultimately, it, it's something that we're going to see a lot more. But um, well, speaking it, of which, yeah, I was going to, yeah, come on. Just one last thought on that. This is a, a thing that Netflix has been having to deal with a lot with their movies, of course, is uh, their movies don't even go to theaters in a lot of cases, or they only go to a very limited uh, number of theaters to make them eligible for award season. And you you can definitely even now hear people going oh it, it went direct to, to netflix and yeah, it, it must not be all that good because if it was good it would have gone to theaters right and this this predates covid you know we're talking yeah. about things like uh six underground and and uh that sandra bullock movie that was really popular i can't remember the name oh yeah it was a fun movie but yeah, i never would have gone cinema i never would have gone cinema to watch it i probably would I don't know, like with like things like Red Notice and Six Underground. I think I probably would have been like, I'll just wait for rental. I would have wanted, I would have wanted to watch it. I would have, but it's like, should I go cinema for it? I don't know. Um, I probably would have done because I think with Red Notice, I, I don't know. I think as I knew it was coming onto Netflix, it instantly just went, I'll just watch that when it comes out, and I did. I watched exactly. it. Yeah, but it also gives you the perception that it is a lower quality movie when that's not always the case mm -hmm. anymore. In fact, streaming movies. Uh, across the board, Amazon, Netflix, HBO Max, all of them, uh, the movie quality of direct-to-stream is getting better. Yeah. Um, also, it was announced this week that in the United States, Free Guy will be coming to Disney Plus on February the 23rd. So it'll also be arriving on HBO Max at the same time. So this is obviously part of Disney's agreement with them to share this movie. Kind of interesting with this one, because the story went up, and... The amount of comments of people going, we've already got it. I've already got it. It's like, and then it's like, it's because like the international audience was really kind of going, well, you guys haven't had that. We've had that for months. And it was kind of quite funny seeing it the other way around of just like, of like, it really, it really become quite noticeable. Like so many people going, why haven't you guys got it yet? It's like, this was an old movie. <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, we've, we've been talking about this kind of thing all the way back from the beginning yeah. in his kingdom. It'd be, Frequently be like America gets this release and then you would get it a month later yeah. And then it was the Marvel movies where yeah. you would get it a week before us and and be sitting here like wait how, What why are you watching uh, Endgame now? Well, I mean, I mean literally let's be honest. I mean in the last six weeks we had Venom in the UK came out two weeks later which actually caused me not to go to the cinema because it was like I'd already watched the, the end credit scene that I needed to and it was like I might as well just wait now the the but then with Spider-Man, it was out here two days early. So I got to see it on Wednesday before, you know, I mean, I know a lot of Brits said it was really nice because we kind of got in first to watch it. But that happens quite a lot. But like, you know, like that thing of like, if it's, if Spider-Man had been like in two weeks time, a lot of, I think a lot of people wouldn't be going because it'll be like, well, we know this, we know it all now. And it is, it's a very tricky one, but you know, it is good that Free Guy is coming. You know, now that's going to be a big release for February for the United States. Um, great movie. Um, I really enjoyed that one. Um, um, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, it's another one that I'm not like super, I need to go and see it again. You know, that, 
but I, mm. I will be glad to have it on Disney Plus if the itch ever pops up or mm. or something to throw on 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 the background while I'm working, because it, it it really was a lot of fun. Ryan Reynolds was really good in that, and mm. uh, it knows exactly what kind of movie it is. You know, yeah. it, it it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's just like here we're playing we're playing Grand Theft Auto and we made it into a movie. Have fun. Yeah. Um, right. So before we get into the reviews, just a quick note. Well. Um, there was a tra- like a mini little trailer release this week. Sort of highlighting everything that's going to be coming to Disney Plus in 2022. A couple of interesting things in there that was noticeable. You know, um, Endor was confirmed. We had um, I Am Groot was confirmed. We're also getting like Moon Knight, um, She Hulk, and uh, Miss Marvel. So we know those are all coming. Um, but I think what's more important is what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a full look forward. Um, on our New Year's Day episode, um, we'll be, um, when we record that on New Year's Day, we'll be doing like a full look forward to everything coming out in like 2022. That's going to, and, and we'll be talking about Star, uh, the book of Boba Fett. And then next week's episode, we're going to be doing the Hawkeye finale, and then we're going to be looking back at our favorite bits of of Disney Plus over um, 2021. So that's just to give you an idea of what, what we'll be doing over the next week. Because the trailer itself, I mean, it was a little bit like, Cool, it's great. It was nice to have these things. There was a few things in there that was like, okay, cool. Let's confirm. I mean, we've got Willow, Endor, Obi Wan. We've got those Marvel shows, um, Bad Batch season two. Um, was I still say Willow? We also got a few movies, and it was like, okay, I think we're gonna be all right. I think we're gonna have like one. I think we're not gonna be far off having a new episode of decent stuff. To talk. I mean, just free. Star Wars series and free Marvel series. I mean, that should probably cover at least three quarters of the year, I'd imagine, with new episodes. I, I would yeah. say so. And then you add on to that, you know, theatrical releases that will eventually yeah. make their way over. Sure, at the beginning of this particular episode, it's kind of like doomy and, and gloomy yeah. with January being kind of barren. But you do look at, at what's planned for 2022 and, okay, there's a lot of, of very interesting stuff coming on. If they can keep the quality that they had... Uh, here in 2021 with the Marvel shows and uh, previously with like the Mandalorian and things like that, 2022 will be a very, very good year. I'm actually also kind of looking, I, I don't think, I think three Marvel series is actually enough. I think they overcooked it a little bit this year with five. I think there was, um, even if you discount um, what if, I still, I feel like four was squeezing it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, where's the next? It's like, do we, well, do we they, need that? Is I I feel a little bit like I've had I I've had a lot of Marvel this year and it's great, but it it I don't want it becoming like I'm getting bored of it because it's like on too much. See, I would I would really like them to do an alternating release. You get the big Marvel show, get the big Star Wars show after that. Maybe mm. a, uh, a big Disney Plus original show. Mm. Uh, you know, a hype driver, and then cycle through like that rather than all right. WandaVision is done. Here is uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier right away. And then yeah. here is Loki right away. And I think, uh, I know you discounted What If off yeah. the list, but I think What If really became a casualty of that. Yeah. Uh, where if it had had a little bit of extra room on either side, it could have gotten a bit more attention because that one kind of fell through the cracks. People who watched it did enjoy it, but mm-hmm. uh, it didn't generate all that much buzz on social media and, and didn't make too many waves. Yeah, now I'm going to be honest. There was a thing I think this week with Hawkeye. Um, I think it suffered on Wednesday from the hype factor being a lot less because Spidey swung in and kind of 
took i mean i wednesday morning was fantastic i literally got up had a shower sat down hawkeye was was up a couple of like 10 minutes early so i was able to start it up get on there managed to do a couple of the articles that um that we normally do on a wednesday morning got watched hawkeye got that up literally had a cup of tea got in the car went to the supermarket got some snacks and some breakfast went to the cinema watched spider-man so I li- I had an amazing Marvel morning because <laughs> I literally had a new Hawkeye episode followed by um, Spider Man. Literally, that was my entire morning on Wednesday. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> it was I, <laughs> yeah. I had a bit more of a gap. Um, I got yeah. to see Hawkeye late on Tuesday night because uh, they yeah. drop on East Coast time, and I'm yeah. on a couple of time zones from that. And then I saw uh, Spider Man Thursday night. Um, mm. I know last week I was kind of like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get tickets for yeah. it, but. Uh, they fortunately a um, a very small theater. There were only like twenty seats. Actually, opened up like a last yeah. minute ticket, and I was able to grab one for that. And there were there were only 10, 10 people there, so I was like, okay, this. I'm, I'm yeah, ready. I mean, I literally had like seven rows in front of me. But then that's what happens when you go to cinema like nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not an option for me, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do the Hawkeye and Spider Man after we've done everything else before we get into the um, um yeah. spoilers. So let's talk about some of the other releases. So then we had Fantastic was this week, which was a brand new series. Um, there was eleven episodes. Um, I, to be honest, I did only watch the one. And that was enough for me. <laughs> As you can see here, I watched the Ant-Man one. Um, so this is a new like competition where they're trying to make big objects out of cake and biscuits and cookies and stuff. And it's a little bit funny because it's like, I don't know if like, had they just released one episode, I probably would have been like, oh, I might check this out. And this would have been good running right through January. I actually think this would have been good actually spreading this out because each episode is like 45 minutes apiece. They're all, I you know, the the, quality, the budget's pretty good. I mean, it's very high quality in terms of they've got a big set. I love the fact that it's adults doing the competition, not kids. So it instantly brings the level up. There's a little bit of competition between the adults. Um, I wasn't too keen on the skits between the bits of, like, um, pretending to be hot. You know, I, I that might change as we go along. I mean, I might check out some more episodes, but I wasn't, I wasn't, like, this is a must watch again. I feel like this would have been better as a weekly release. Um, yeah. Did you happen to watch an episode? I did. I watched one episode. I actually watched yeah. that second episode there, the star Wars one. Oh yeah. Um, but my impression was basically the same. Uh, I appreciate that it was adults, that this is not uh, dumbed down. I, there is a market for those kid yeah. food stores. Um, obviously Disney plus has plenty of them, but it was nice to have adults and not having it be super like, uh, talking down to you and whatnot and also recognizing that the people making the food are actually very very talented yeah. uh, creators that that was nice too because a lot of times uh especially it's it's people who are uh only slightly above above my level of mm. cooking and my level of cooking is very low uh don't don't knock it i realize that's that's more of a british thing than an american thing but, <laughs> hey. um either way uh I had the same problems with it though too. I found the skits to just be kind of like, uh, you guys are literally just padding this out or or trying to be quirky yeah. and fun. It's like this isn't what we're watching for. I, I want to see your creations. I want to see mm. what you're doing with this. It's kind of an odd one because it's like I I think it it has it has something to it, and the budget seemed good enough, and you know I like the but the end I I don't know it sounds weird, but I found the energy level of 
I don't know if it's just an American, it might sometimes just be that thing of the American difference of presenting, but it's a little bit like, can you just like tone it down a little bit? It feels a little bit like, well, it feels fake, it, and that's not nice. It gets it feels like this just feels so. So I mean, again, I'm used to the um, the Great British Bake Off, um, you know, and they had those skits and stuff in between it all, but this just was like, uh, this is just real cheesy. No, I I do have to agree with that. I I recognize that here in the states that that style is very mm. popular, and and we love uh, we as a country love mm. things like you know Hell's Kitchen and. and yeah. Uh, you know the nightmare shows and and yeah. somebody barking and yelling and and being dramatic and making great little like yeah, but when you're Gordon Ramsay doing it, it, it works. Yeah, <laughs> Gordon Ramsay can pull it off. Um, the problem is most people can't without be without coming across as just like a, a complete jerk and someone yeah. you'd never want to talk to. Ramsay pulls it off, but yeah, I do prefer the European style, the British style of let the food do the talking um and i prefer the subtler response where where you know they'll they'll take the bite of the food and it won't be like uh the greatest food of all time or just pure junk and there's no middle ground in between yeah. uh I definitely feel like there's a difference, I think, as well, like the European style, especially the British style, it's generally they get comedians to do it. And mm -hmm. so there's a little bit more, you know, they're, they're kind of taking the mick of it a little bit or trying. And that's usually the tone that seems to go into kind of take away, bring the, or is this, I just was like, oh, it just, it just feels like, you know, I don't know. It, 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 this is definitely, and I'll be honest, it was definitely a much better show than, you know, Be Our Chef, you know, a farce better show. Um, I feel like this this has something, and it was like kind of watching. Oh, this isn't this isn't bad. This isn't bad, but it's like I'm not sure if I want to. It's like it's just not a show. Maybe you know if this was. I mean, obviously we've got the Disney themes because I mean, looking here, we've got episodes on Beauty and the Beast, Toy Story, The Avengers. I mean, it's nice that they're mixing all that in. The Lion King, Up, Wreck It Ralph, Cap, uh, The Pirates of the Caribbean, and The Muppets. I mean, they're all looking really good. And I mean, I might check it out, especially in January, with it being a little bit um, lean on stuff. But um, it, it 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 it's that kind of thing. I don't it's like because I need to. I mean, I obviously need to do a review up for this one, so I need to watch a few more episodes. But it was a little bit like it dropped on Wednesday, and I, I was really busy with all the Marvel stuff. But it was like this was just so far down my radar. I actually forgot that it came, that I kind of got to like Friday morning and went, oh, I haven't actually watched an episode that we need to talk about it today. And like, that's not good when it gets, I mean, it didn't help with Disney really didn't do a lot of promotion for this. A couple of like videos they released to other websites rather than even putting them out public were like, well, this, is this all you're doing? It's just like, it, um, I couldn't even get screeners. I mean, that was the thing. This, I mean, that's what is a little bit. It's like, well, it's not like why normally that would be an indication of. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with this show, and I wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't have been a wouldn't have been a bad review, but it's just very average. Uh, but there, I, I really, like I said, and I feel like I can't pull it apart because it's not really there's nothing really annoying but it was just uh, maybe this you know the, the that one issue with the presenting style but that but that was like a couple of minutes of the whole thing it wasn't a lot no i i would probably cut maybe 10 to 15 minutes of each episode mm. um get either pare down the, the skits or or get rid of them um maybe tighten up the the whole mm. creation actually i would rather they focus a lot more on the actual creation part that that's the interesting mm. part to me uh, the final presentation is cool, but I like seeing 
what decisions they make. Like I, I need it to look like this. So what do I need to bake that will fit this and won't fall apart and will maintain the structure and things like that. And, but also the color that I need, like those, I wish they focused more on things like that. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I don't know. Sometimes that can be a little bit of a difference with like, um, us food in english i've always found this and it's something i actually have to be really aware of whenever i go to the states with american food is coloring because like you have like different rules on coloring and stuff and there's like i'll be honest there's a lot of that stuff is like i couldn't eat it because i'd be like i'm not touching that without coloring because it's going to make me ill it might give me and it is just kind of that, and it is that's a, again that's a cultural thing of, of food um you know our foods generally don't have, you know, if, if you brought up a cake like those colors and stuff, you'd be like, I don't really want to eat that. <laughs> no, it, that is definitely a valid complaint, especially if you get like the grocery store um, cakes and that they have mm. like giant super green flowers mixed in with like red ones. And you're like, there is so much food coloring in that. Uh, mm. I'm going to be seeing that color again later, you know, as like, no, that's, that's really <laughs> gross. I, I'm, I'm good without that. Um, I would make an exception for this show, though, yeah, because uh, this show specifically, the draw is not necessarily the edibility no. of the food; it's what it looks like in the end. Well, that's I mean, the it's thing, both, but yeah, but see, that's the thing that really kind of gets because I get this obviously with the Great British Bake Off of it has to taste good as well, and it didn't well, seem like the, the taste didn't seem to be of any. You could have literally had cardboard like f concrete cake, and it wouldn't have really made any difference it, to the competition. I, I think the rules were just simply, it has to be edible. You, you yeah. have to be able to <laughs> to slice it with a knife. You have to be able to pour it and you have to eat it and your teeth will still be there when you're done <laughs> and you won't want to throw it up because it's so yeah. gross. It, it has like a minimum level of edibility. And if we were watching the British Bake Off or, or one of the American versions of it, I would agree. It's like maybe focus a bit more on this, but th this clearly is a yeah. make Vision, the food yeah. look like yeah. whatever the theme is, uh, Star Wars, yeah, I mean, or whatever. We have, I mean, we had there was another series I used to watch on. It was called Chucky Wucky Doodah, and it was about a, um, a chocolate shop in Brighton that used to make elaborate cakes and you know, all the design and stuff. And it was that kind of thing, but the cake still had to kind of, you know, because it was a, a, a customer paying for it. But yeah, so I've been watching these kind of shows on and off for years and stuff. And it's a, uh, it's like you know, we have variations of the British Bake Off where it's like professionals. So I, I generally do watch quite a few of these shows. So I think that was, whereas I'm looking at it going, well, this isn't, I like, yeah. You kind of need to treat these like as wedding cakes, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if this is more of an American thing or or universal, but like wedding cakes, they're beautiful to look at. More often than not, uh. You take like two bites of the cake. You're like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I've actually been to weddings where there have been two cakes, where there have been the yeah. wedding cake, uh, which is the big, beautiful one, and the bride and the groom, yeah. they, they cut the piece and do the whole thing. And then they're like, okay, this cake over here is the one it's you're going to eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the plastic one. But yeah, so it's, it's, I def if you enjoy cooking and bakes and caking, give the show a go. I'm, I honestly, it's along the lines of, it's one of those things, and I'm, sitting there, I'm, I'm trying not to go into it, but it's like, it's not dreadful. It's just, it's just, it just didn't it, quite hit the mark. It's good background noise. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a good one to have up on your second screen while you're working. Um, you can glance over and be like, oh, that they did a really good job of recreating this this Star Wars thing or this uh, you know Muppets thing, and then go back to work and, and good to go. And you can listen for the cues for when you're going to yeah. want to see. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, I, 
Yeah, we're on the same page here. Yeah. Um, shifting gears then, let's now talk about the other big release of the week, which was Ron's Gone Wrong. Um, a new animated movie from 20th Century Studios. Um, this was a movie that only came out in the middle of, Oct- of October. Once it kind of, you know, this is a movie that I, I should have gone and seen, but I just didn't get around to it. And then it was like, you know, once we knew it was coming to Disney Plus, it's like, well, I might as well just wait. And watched it last night with my wife. And I kind of watched this one and it was like, this is like, it was, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'm going to watch it again. I did enjoy Ron. I thought he was a, a cute little character and he had some funny moments. It kind of felt a little bit like, here we've got Baymax, Wreck-It Ralph and, the, and your iPad and your iPhone and mixed them all together. And, you know, Baymax, Ron kind of had the Baymax feel to him quite a few times, kind of. But uh, I I liked, I liked the story idea of, like, with the kids of, like, you know, the thing of, getting followers and likes and what can happen when it goes wrong. And um, I thought that was, Im- it's an important story for kids today. I don't know if, you know, not, parents might not necessarily understand the, the importance of it to, to youngsters and stuff, but I, I, you know, I can understand what they're coming from. I thought that was good. The whole thing of like the kid not having the gadget that everybody else is. And he's kind of isolated, you know, the thing of him not being on the internet and not being connected. I mean, that was basically to me a metaphor for, just not being on social media. Um, yeah, I I thought this had a lot of good points. It definitely had a, good, a couple of good points. Um, I enjoyed watching it. I'm glad it was on there. I'm really, you know, I thought it was a solid kids movie, but I don't think it's going to date well. And that's that's a little bit of an issue with it. But what did you think of it? I'm, I'm in generally the same boat. I think a, a slightly lower opinion, but not that much lower. This is a perfectly fine movie. Uh, it was fun to watch in the moment. Um, Zach Galifianakis, who does the voice of Ron, the, the robot, mm. uh, really was the reason to watch this. He had some great one-liners in there. Uh, mm. uh, just some random asides that, mm. that worked really, really well. But like you said, it, it's very derivative. It doesn't really seem to have much of its voice. Now, the one that, that it reminded me most of is actually a movie called Next Gen, which is on um, Netflix. It came out a number of years mm. ago. It's almost the exact same plot. Uh, and then you mix in some some Baymax and, and some of the other ones. And it's like, okay, you executed it well enough. The the animation's good. Um, but there's nothing really here to, to make you go, this is the movie you wanted to watch. If you want a cute robot movie, I would definitely go uh, Big Hero 6. Go, go over here. This one's a much better movie. Uh, it, it's worth watching, especially if you want to watch something new. But yeah, it... I think, yeah. I think my main problem, though, is, you know, it's got that anti-social message yeah. uh, message to it. And it's and that's good. You, you do mm-hmm. need to have a balance and you can't live your entire life on social media. You can't use social media as the template for your life. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very important message for kids. But this does go occasionally too too far. Where well, you can I was kind of. You can yeah. picture the old man on on his porch going, "You kids, go out there and explore nature." Well, that's what got me with the dad. Was it was a bit like if you, your entire job is online selling novelty toys to kids and stuff, and you've got like no concept of of um, the internet. And it was a bit like you know, like, just go out there and play. And it was like, yeah, the kid, the kids all aren't going to come off of social media cold turkey. It's like like you say, it went too much. It's it's either all or nothing. And it's like, well, we need to learn the the balancing of this rather than just all or nothing. Um, 
And I, yeah, 100% agreed on that. It was like one of those things. Going, well, coming off the coming off the internet is not really the answer. That's not going to help. I I think actually the dad might be the biggest problem with the movie in, in general. Um, not necessarily in a bad way. Not like he's a bad character or anything. But they couldn't figure out what they wanted to do with him because, like you said, they they have the whole thing where um, he he is a developer for these toy companies and he this is what he does, but he's also way out of touch with things. And then, you know, he's trying to be a good dad. Obviously, mm. he knows his son really, 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 really wants one of these toys that every kid has. And I think every yeah. parent can relate to the to that moment of the kid wanting the mm. the fad item. And in this case, the fad item being a very expensive object and, and trying to appease him. But at the same time, also kind of looking down his nose at the kid yeah. for, for wanting to be part of it. And like, uh, it, it's a mixed... Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really like the whole thing of like, you know, the the, the thing of like they kept blowing the electric because obviously that came into a bigger story at the at the in the and I hated the bubble, I hated the not so much in the bubble, but I hated the headquarters because it looked, it was like, why have you got this like weird office block building in? I know it's it's like well what what on earth is that why on earth would you do it like that it just seemed like it's such a weird design choice to and then like to have the bubble shop I I know it's a kids cartoon but it's a little bit like she's really like kind of babyish it was a, it seemed very odd choice of design I think they were trying to make fun of like some of the campus designs that a lot yeah. of the big tech companies have because you look at at some of their their plans yeah. and like this is really weird this is not a functional design at all and you're just yeah. doing this to to make headlines about how your yeah. your campus is like a giant donut that spirals or whatever yeah. and and it it missed it, it it definitely they went a little too far on that and i think that's really what describes the movie in general they had good intent they had good ideas mm -hmm. um they executed on some of them really well and then they executed on other ones where they just went way too far over the edge and went went past what they were aiming for I think the thing is about like with these like the CEO and stuff like the, the one guy like just trying to make the best thing he possibly could and then turning the other CEO into this this money grabbing guy and suddenly uses all these technologies like it felt a little bit like conspiracy of like a Facebook kind of it went it really leaned in on that. And I'm like, I know kids aren't necessarily gonna pick up on all this stuff, but it was a bit like, oh, and he's out of a job within like twelve hours because you know he, he he got caught on camera and it was just like Okay, and I, I could see where you were going. I could see what you were doing, and I could see how this came about. But it's, and I think as an adult watching it, it's like because like my wife said to me, she goes, "Is this a Pixar movie?" And I went, "No." And she went, oh, "Okay." <laughs> that was the end, of, and it was just on the lines of the minute it wasn't Pixar was involved, then it was like, "Yeah, it's not going to be as good." <laughs> and it was just like you, Pixar would have just been at a different level, I think, with this story. Well, I mean, Big Hero Six is kind of proof of that, even though the yeah. storylines aren't really the same. Um, but yeah, there, it's missing that Pixar element, and but it is is the things for adults. Yeah. We say this a lot about Pixar movies. Most of them, they're they're, they're for kids, but as an adult watching, there are things in there mm. that you can enjoy that the kids will miss. Yeah. Um, this didn't really have that. You can see where they were trying. You know, going back to that point, you can see where they tried in a couple places, but it just didn't. Like the 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 villain, the CEO villain, you might as well just be like sitting there twirling a mustache. Yeah. Like, 
the, this is the bad guy. Right, I right did here. like the fact that Ron just keep trying to like <laughs> take the necks off and take the yeah, Ron has some issues he needs to work through. <laughs> and it's a bit like we're going to upload this to the. It's like, well, guys, yeah, like, look, there's a difference. We can go from A to B. I mean, the whole thing of like trying to upload into the cloud, and it was like, oh, why did we do? It's like it just just didn't really. It's like you could have gone in such a, a more simplest approach, but they always go to this thing of just, you know, upload, you know, every single kid's robots is broken now. It's like, well, that's, it's not, uh, I don't know. It's it's a real, like, weird one. I'm just like going, it's like this this movie had some great stuff and just didn't quite. I mean, I for me, I'd give this like a 3.5 out of 5. It was, it was a nice yeah. solid, it's a good solid movie. Great for kids. Good to watch over the Christmas and stuff, but and I think kids are going to enjoy Ron, but I don't know if this has any, any legs. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Ron himself, played by Zach Galifianakis, is really the main reason the sticks are in. And it's definitely a couple of points higher because of his mm. voice acting and uh, just his comedic timing. That that was really the main selling point where he, you think the scene is done and then he gets that last quip and you're like, okay, that was pretty good. Yeah. So there we go. So that's, that's um, Ron's gone wrong. So let's now shift gears. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit in there about dope sick. Um, so, about uh, corporate weirdness. Yeah, about corporate. Um, you know, corporate nastiness of all time. So the finale is coming to Disney Plus internationally on Wednesday. I have seen the um an episode in advance, so I've watched um the whole series. Um, I got to be honest. This has been like for me. I mean, obviously, I went and saw the first two episodes. Um, at the British London Fest, um, Film Festival back in October. So I got to see some of the stars, um, see, it, see it in the cinema, which kind of, I think, instantly just set that tone a little bit. But every Wednesday, me, me, it's been like, uh, we've been watching this Wednesday, Wednesday evening, new episode of Dope Sick. And it's just been an, it's just been an incredible series. Just absolutely loved it. It's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. It was frustrating in that final episode, um, you know, with the whole idea of the corporation, you know, the, the them just I wouldn't say they got away with it because they didn't, but they didn't get um there wasn't really just desserts either. They did, you know, they, they, they were so restrictive in how they did it. But they were so I mean, it was so evil and so twisted and so money grabbing and it's horrible. It's absolutely terrifying because you know, when, okay, so this might have been a bit dramatization for TV, but it's 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 just terrifying. I mean, it's like as someone that has a national health service where everything is kind of you know we don't have a, a similar health service. It's terrifying for for us. Me and my my wife works for the NHS. You know, for us, it was it's just terrifying. You're why are they doing this? <laughs> it's just it is horrible. I mean, obviously, you've got a different aspect from from your side being American citizen with your American system. But for me, it, it was just terrible. This was this was just such a great series. I mean, I I still think it's one of my favorite series of the year. Um, oh, it this, really this is. This this was a fantastic series, um, and it's horrifying for me. I'm not, I'm not going to be sitting over here. <laughs> around, no. It's perfectly fine that they did all this capitalism. You know, whatever. <laughs> they're, they're fine. No, no, it was, it was horrifying. Um, as we've talked about it in the past, this mm. was very much. Uh, in line with the series Chernobyl from a couple of years ago on HBO. Yeah, that was an amazing series. Um, that that was the one that was constantly on my mind. It was like, yeah, yeah 
okay, every chance you had to fix this, to stop this, to make things right, you did literally the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And not just uh, Purdue Pharma, but in many cases, the government just turning them, their eyes away, not providing the necessary resources. Um, even the the senator or the sorry the um, the attorney general from Maine yeah. who brought a lawsuit against them and then Took just the goes to work for them. It's like yeah okay this the whole thing and obviously yeah. the opioid and uh, epidemic is still mm. a huge issue here in the states. Heroin is ravaging communities yes. and and oxycodone oxycotton is uh, is now accepted as one of the gateways into that opioid addiction. I don't, I mean, one of the things that really, one of the scenes that really got me was they were in the, um, you know, it had some of the executives talking to their chief and they're saying like, these three guys are investigating us. And, you know, the, the big cheese is like, well, you know, we'll do the usual, just, you know, give them a job, give them some, and they're like, no, you don't understand. These are not going, they will not accept that we can't stop them the way we normally do. This is going, and I and it was you could see that like that thing going you know they, they've hit a problem now because obviously like Rosina Dawson's character was she had a very different way of doing it you know she was much more aggressive in it and it didn't work you know and her style didn't work because it clashed um, but whereas the other guys had a different one and I know I mean I only really seen that one guy he was in um, the right stuff which he was great in that. And this is just this is just a top. I mean, Michael Keaton was amazing in this. He just just you know that madness of that kind of character of his. Yeah, it was, and I love the fact as well of him, him trying, you know, helping all the people out that he could because he he couldn't help out any other way, and he needed to help someone to try and get over his addiction. And you just, I just can't say this enough. This is such a must watch if you've got Disney Plus internationally, and if you have got Hulu, watch it. If you're in the US and you haven't got Hulu, this is a, this is a show to watch. This is. One of the highlights of 2021. Yeah, uh, maybe don't watch it over Christmas with the family. <laughs> that might might not be the best thing, um, especially if you are one of the families that's impacted by this, which, frankly, a lot of families are. Yeah. Um, a couple of other shout outs in there. Like, I think it was in the last episode. Again, everything's kind of blending because yeah. I finished this a while ago. Um, where Keaton's character, he's in rehab, hmm. um, and he's trying to come back to being a doctor, yeah. right? And he's trying to, and, and that is his goal. But throughout the episode, you see him driving people from his little town over yeah. to the the rehab clinic where they get their. Uh, it wasn't methadone; it was the, the second one. I forget the name of. Yeah, it's like liquid. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, in any event, he's driving them back and forth, and each time you see him, the the car is a little bit bigger, and there's a, a few more people, and I think he even gets into like a little. Uh, little, little school bus at a point yeah. because there's so many people and I'm kind of sitting there going like Keaton or, or character this is what you should be doing you should yeah. be you know running a foundation that helps yeah. people get to these clinics and and yeah. uh, maybe they do get to that point but I don't think they do in in the series um, yeah there's a kind, kind of, of like thing it's kind of a little bit because obviously the trouble is with this one is of like um, things are still changing and still like there wasn't really like a. I think that was the only one issue did it because it, it wasn't able to have that like Hollywood ending that you would have wanted. That was the problem. I think because obviously they didn't get. I mean, they show like footage and stuff of and news reports of what had happened and the Sacklers getting removed. But some of this stuff has been happening since Dopesick dropped out. You know, this whole thing is like made it even more. It's like it's such a great series. It really is a full on highlight of of. 
just great shows. This is this is one of, one of the best things. I can't recommend it enough. This is different. You know, if you're only going to watch one star original, this one is it. Um, and even I'm going to be honest. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it next week in a little bit more detail. But this is I enjoyed this more than some of the Marvel shows, and that's that says quite a bit. Yeah. I think. Um, this was a really good show. It's really worth watching. Um, the acting is phenomenal. Michael Keaton, obviously, being the headliner. Yeah. Rosario Dawson, a great actress. Um, but got to give some credit to to the kids. I, yeah. I know when I say kids, you're probably picturing like 12-year-olds, but we're talking teenagers and, and young adults, uh, especially the one girl whose story we follow throughout, yeah. that, that absolutely tragic story. She did a fantastic job of... of mm cataloging that descent and then the other girl that that yeah. keaton does help get to the the clinic and it's just all I, around really yeah. well done i mean the the, exec, the main leader the executive the guy that come up with it i mean he's just creepy and evil but weird I, evil my wife yeah. just kept saying is he going to be playing the joke she literally go, this guy can play the joker he was that was like how yeah. weird he was yeah he, he definitely had some of that yoquin phoenix uh yeah. joker vibes i that one you know, I, I would caution, I'm not sure how much of like a mustache yeah. twirler Sackler actually is in real life. I do think they hand it a little, but. Well, I didn't uh, know necessarily, I don't necessarily, it, it was that kind of thing of like, you could, he, he wasn't evil. He, he started becoming a little bit like money grabbing, but he, he never really came across to me as like, it took a couple of the episodes for him to kind of really warm up. It wasn't like an instant just thing. But no, like I said, an amazing series. You have to watch it. Although that reminded me of the of the one scene with him that really got to me, it, probably around episode five or six somewhere. Um, so he's he's very successful mm -hmm. at this point. Oxycontin is like a huge hit, and he's eating dinner, breakfast, one of those things. And his wife comes in and yeah. is like, uh, "Are we going to do this skiing trip that we had planned?" The kids are super excited, and he's like, "No, we've got lawsuits and stuff we got to deal with. I, I've got to do my job." And his wife, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember the yeah. exact line, but it's like you've made all this money. When do you get to enjoy it? And he just looks at her like, what are you even talking about? You know? Yeah. And it was just like that almost entirely encapsulates the core yeah. problem with this person to, to begin with. It's like you're accumulating money just to accumulate money. You're not even doing yeah. anything with it. No, he couldn't even enjoy it. But yeah, such a great series. Got to check it out. Um, shifting gears now, let's talk now about Hawkeye. So we had the fifth episode today. So we're going to be obviously talking spoilers. It's been out a few days now. Um, another great episode. A lot of stuff building up to this one right through it. Um, establishing the characters a little bit more. Um, establishing, I think, you know, what was going on with Liana. Um, I thought she was fantastic in this one. I love the scene with her and Kate together in the... And kind of them, that feeling of things, something not being right. But the whole thing of it starting with her in the blip, amazing opening scene. I mean, I'd love that. I loved the way they did the blip in that, where it's literally she's she's staring in the mirror and she blips away. And then a second later, she blips back. You, because yeah. prior to this, you normally have like a cut between them. Yeah. Or, or at least a little, there's been a progression of time and now they blip back in. But it was literally just, you see it from her perspective. She blips out, she blips back in. Well, it was like the decorations of like the room. Like the room changed. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was in an instant. It wasn't yeah. like a montage or, a, or a, yeah. a fade in. It was literally a boom, boom. And you see it from her perspective and, and the disorientation of her walking out into like this Christmas party or whatever that yeah. these guys are having. That she, she has no idea who they even are except for the one woman. And it's like, 
No, they they had they hit that disorientation factor perfectly in that scene. Awesome work, nicely keeps her young. Keep keep you know they've kind of yeah. the way keep her as she was in Black Widow, but just keep her there. Yeah, and just a great great character. Wait, can't wait to see how when her and Hawkeye kind of meet up because it's obviously they're going to have to have some confrontation for them to come together. Is going to have to, but there is a one thing with this series. It's the finale on Wednesday. I don't feel like we've even scratched the surface of the storyline. I still don't really fully grasp, you know, that kind of thing of like, oh, well, the story's not even like ramped up yet. You know, we're not anywhere. I mean, whether or not Echo is basically Hawkeye season two, um, or they're going to, I mean, if we don't, I mean, I'm fully expecting a Hawkeye season two or Hawkeye will return in season two at the end of next week's episode, because I just feel like, we haven't even got going yet, and they can't resolve it because we've not even had it revealed. <laughs> it's just like there's this. No, it, it it feels to me like, and a lot of people have been saying the same thing of just like, you know, normally by now you can kind of where's this? You know, we've got the story established and we're moving on, and it just doesn't. This feels like Act One. It does. I, I would agree with that. It does feel like Act One will have a definitive close. You know, Hawkeye yeah. will will clear the Ronin name, or at least disconnect the character so no one's trying to kill Ronan yeah. anymore but there's such a bigger story at play here um and like you said there's there, there will probably be a banner Hawkeye season two Echo will get her own series yeah. um and maybe even like a drop for whatever Yelena's going to be in next yeah. um but yeah it, it 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 will I hope have a satisfying ending but it will it will also be that this is a setup for multiple different things that will be coming to you later which is yeah on the one hand yay uh, i'm glad i want to see the rest of these stories and on the other hand it's like oh i, I want them now though <laughs> i mean there's definitely that feeling of like with hawkeye of his character i mean he's had a lot of good stuff but this feels like that push for i'm just waiting for her to knock knock some lego off the roof <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, um so just like you know the whole thing of you know getting getting kate you know, again, they're her established. You know, it doesn't feel like Hawkeye's getting to that stage of wanting to pass the mantle over yet. You know, we're nowhere near that stage yet. You know, they've just, you know, it doesn't feel like this is the end of, you know, Clint. It's like when, you know, someone's like, oh, they're going to kill him off. Like, what? He hasn't really even got going yet. It, you know, they've not really established that. This just feels like this was the a way of introducing Kingpin and Kate Bishop and Yena. You know, yeah, and, it, it does feel like that. And I think what'll probably end up happening is is Clint's not going to die. He'll just kind of no. be like, okay, the Hawkeye mantle or or however you want to think of it is safe in Kate's hand at the end of the episode and and he'll probably retire to to go off and live in the country with his family like he wanted to do all he does that, But he does that in every movie. <laughs> I know he does. Um, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be final this time except for like uh the second Hawkeye series will be about Kate and he'll make a a, a quick drop in to deliver a new arrow or something the disney castle is about to go down. disney castle she's a go for the disney castle. yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry for those of you listening to audio only my cat is is uh going after the decorations right now um yeah so it's definitely been i feel like i i'm really enjoying this series i it's not on the same level to me as the other ones the whole big kind of reveal of you know we know like the kingpin i really love that thing at the end um, with with the reveal, and obviously that helps lead into Spider Man. But 
there's this kind of thing moving forward. I feel like it just feels you are now introducing one of the biggest, baddest villains into the Marvel MCU properly and doing everything in one episode. This is literally, I mean, the Kingpin is a guy that can spread across seasons of being a villain. This is just the introduction of him into the, and it's great. And this is going to be forever be that kind of that one moment of that one picture at the end. And I mean, even the trailer for next week where he's walking across and you see his cane um, that we're going to ask, do you think this is the same, um, the same Kingpin as in the Netflix series? Do you think it's a variant or do you just think he's just five years older? Um, Cause for me, I just got the feeling this is just Kingpin that we've already seen. So I haven't watched the uh, the trailer for for, for episode six. I've, I very specifically avoided it. Um, but my assumption is this is either going to be the Netflix version of the character or close enough that it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. I don't think this is going to be a wildly different take on it, especially mm. since it's the same actor. Um, mm. we'll, we'll touch a little bit on why that's relevant yeah. um, in the Spider-Man review. Uh, but... Um, I, as far as I'm concerned, whether they ever acknowledge it or not, this is the Daredevil Kingpin from the Netflix yeah. series. Uh, and even if it's not, it'll be close enough that you can still you can still watch the Daredevil series. All all three seasons of it, honestly, is good all the way through. Um, and and treat that as the prequel to this, in a sense. But also as well, the blip allows everyone to have like a, in some way, a, like, a, oh, well, it was like seven years has happened between you know, Hawkeye and the finale of Daredevil. So therefore, like, time has moved on that he has um, evolved his business, and they've kind of got that air of time to kind of spread it out a little bit. Um, right. But no, I, I I, mean, I loved him in, you know, Daredevil was the reason I got Netflix. Okay, that was the main reason I got Netflix. I probably would have stopped my Netflix subscription. I only dipped in here and out for the odd show and stuff. But for, for me, those net Marvel shows were brought me in, you know, him as he was fantastic as the kingpin i grew up on those 90s cartoons where the kingpin was the villain of spider-man and it kind of has always been that confusing factor for me of her i always put him as a spider-man villain rather than a daredevil villain because of that cartoon and that and that you can't that was his introduction to me was through that cartoon and obviously that sticks with you then for life so for me it's like this is a villain that can really play up um this is I hope Marvel don't get, you know, Marvel ain't going to be at that point now where we're going to kill him off in one episode. They just brought him back in. I really, um, it, I, I will actually. Well, they can't. Sure they just, they just can't. They, I, I've got this. No, they just can't do it. He's too big. A, he's too big a character and too, too important and so mm -hmm. useful for. Well, Marvel are going to be running a problem if they keep killing everybody off because they they're going to run out of villains. They already, they already have that problem. It's been a problem since the beginning. Yeah. Honestly. I think, I, but I think they're much more aware of it now. I think they are I, aware. Of the longevity of what they're planning is like we can't keep killing off the villains. <laughs> well, yeah, and and if you don't, you end up in a situation where, um, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you bring in in Zemo, who yeah, they they might have killed in a in a previous movie if, mm. if if they hadn't backed off in Civil War, and they got a lot of very good use out of that character yeah. by keeping him alive. I, I think they saw that, and I think they're also aiming for a Thunderbolts. We talked about that mm. plenty of time, which is supposed to be a a, a villains as heroes yeah. uh, show, kind of like Suicide Squad. Mm. But yeah, either way, I'm super looking forward to next week's episode. I don't know how they're going to tie all this up in a way that is both satisfactory and setting up the next wave of shows, but we'll see. I mean, I literally it's, it's like 
Are we going to have a fight between Kate and Hawkeye and the Kingpin? I don't even think... And like Yelena and Maya and maybe some random tracksuit guys. It, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how they tangle it. It doesn't... To me, it just feels like we're going to have to, to be continued. This is just... I just don't feel like we're at a point where this series feels like anywhere... I mean, like, like it felt like with, like, Loki and with Falcon and Wonder, and Wonder Vision, as we were going into the final, we're like, right, you know, the chess pieces are all in place and we're getting ready for that final, like, attack. This just feels like, no, we're still kind of moving in the pawns. <laughs> We've not even, like, moved the back row yet. If that, does that make sense? It does, yeah. Um, I, I think the main thing is, as long as there is a satisfying conclusion next week, uh, the to be continued would be okay. But it can't just be um, a regular episode. They fight, they break apart, and then you feel like there's still story left there and without the conclusion. If they can get a conclusion, you know, Maya has a revelation and she's going to get out from under the thumb of, of Kingpin. Yelena and, and uh, Clint have a moment and, they, and Yelena realizes maybe she's being manipulated or they have a heart-to-heart where he tells her what happened to Natasha. Well, she already... Well, I was going to say, I think she already is because she's already. You know, the fact that she went and spoke with uh, Kate seemed to set to me like she wasn't a hundred percent like um, happy with what was going on, and then checking out who hired her. Well, that very much yeah. was set to me along the lines of, well, she's not completely happy with the situation because she's, you know, the fact that she's at this hired gun doesn't seem to fit well with her. Yeah, so I, I would argue probably not the first part of that. I think her going to see Kate was literally just a fact-finding thing. It wasn't a, yeah. um, I'm suspicious of what's going on. It's just, if I want to find Hawkeye, Kate is my best bet. And yeah. it's very easy to find Kate because I know her address and, and stuff. Uh, but I think Kate got to her. I think Kate raised points that made her question the narrative of what was going on. Uh, it's a common spy trope. You don't ask questions about who you're working for right that that's that's pretty much in all the spy movies you don't worry about who you're working for it's a job you do it and you're done and you don't get connected to it and now yelena is connected to it that's why she texted like this is who all right sorry this is who my boss is and this is who they're talking to and thought you might want to know even though that is not something that a spy who is committed to their mission would do Mm. now it's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun going into it but this was this is this did not feel the same level of I felt like with Loki and you know the other ones of that penultimate episode. Going, wow, they're going to wrap everything up and we're going to. Um, it just doesn't feel like we're there yet. Right, let's now um, shift to. We'll be doing um, a breakdown of next week's episode. The episode will be out a little bit earlier. We're recording it a couple of days earlier because of Christmas, so that'll be there. And we're now going to be talking about Spider-Man: um, um, No Way Home. Important to note with this one, technically. Um, it won't be on the Disney Plus in the US for ye- maybe a few years. It has to go for its pay one window and theatrical release. Eventually, it will turn up in the US because of a, a contract that they made. Um, had it been like Morbius or the next one, it would be coming in in their pay two window. It's a little bit complicated. Internationally, just, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I think we're at a point now where any given day, Disney could announce um, they've done a deal with Spider-Man to bring them into the um, Disney Plus. So we're going to go into Spider-Man because it's interconnected with um, Hawkeye. It's interconnected with all the other movies. So we're going to say we're going to we're going to we're going to be in full spoiler mode. So if you haven't already done so and haven't seen the movie, um, 
feel free to cut off. We'll um, we'll see you guys on next week's episode. Because to be honest, I don't. I just. I don't think I can say stuff without yeah. like. No. So <laughs> before, you, before you disconnect real fast, just Roger recommended not recommended. Awesome, awesome movie. Love awesome that. Movie. Absolutely. Um, also agree. Really, really good movie. And if you guys remember, I did not like Far From Home, yeah. uh, so this had a bit more of a hurdle to, to clear. I really enjoyed this. It's worth watching. Have some problems with it, but that's where we're going to go into the spoilers here in a yeah. minute. So that's that's the recommendation. Yeah. If you don't want spoilers, uh, we'll <laughs> see you next time. It's a lot of I just know I'm not going to not say so. Um, yeah, so we'll be back next week with another episode, and we should see you guys soon if you haven't seen it. If you have watched No Way Home, let's jump into it. Yeah. Um, I love this. I mean, this is just like a, this. I mean, this is that kind of thing. This was a movie twenty plus years in the making. This is where you take a movie. I mean, they've done what twelve Spider-Man. I think he's been in like twelve movies now. Um, uh, yeah, if you're including like Avengers and, and where he does. Yeah, and yeah. So before. yeah, I'm. So yeah, we're talking like a build-up. You know, Spider-Man came out in like what two thousand and two, just after um, the nine eleven. So it's like, you know, this is like, this is such a big long movie. Um, there's some stuff that I, I, it was a lot of fun. It was a nice, proper popcorn flick. Lots of adventure, lots of laughs, which is good. Um, I really enjoy Tom Holland as um, Spider-Man. I think he's that perfect kind of age. The little quips, you know, him being a little bit, un, you know, young and 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 that he's always supposed to have been younger than all the other guys. So he makes yeah. sort of silly mistakes. So I like that aspect to it. Um, there was some. Some aspects. The only thing I didn't really like of him when he tried to make friends with all the the villains and took him to the apartment. That was the one thing I was like, "What?" That didn't we'll, really work. We'll, we'll get yeah. through that. Um, but um, generally, as a whole, you know, I, I like the whole thing with him and Doctor Strange and him kind of mess. And it's like, and it was kind of a weird thing of like feeling like, "Well, Doctor Strange, you messed this up. This wasn't Spidey's fault. You got arrogant and kind of." Should have maybe explained what was going on a little bit more to them than just jumping straight into it and kind of yeah. getting some maybe some of the details. It was a little bit fast and furious and like trying to you know put Doctor Strange into the um into the bad zone yeah. for that one. Um, but yeah, so that was yeah. I, I just want to drop this one comment yeah. in before we jump into Doctor Strange, which deserves its conversation. Um, I agree with you that Tom Holland uh, was the best mix of Peter Parker mm. and Spider Man. He was good in both sides. Um, mm. It, which is great because, like, I always thought Toby was a really good Spider-Man, but not a very good Peter Parker, and, and Andrew Garfield was a really good Peter Parker, but not necessarily a really good Spider-Man. Yeah. Tom Holland was really good as both. Mm. Um, so, absolute kudos to him. And what makes him so good as Spider-Man is what makes me question him as Nathan Drake so very much in the Uncharted movie. <laughs> We're not going to go into that. No. The trailer was out, and I was watching it the whole time. I was like, that's not Nathan Drake. And I don't even really like yeah. the Uncharted games. Well, I mean, I've played through all the Uncharted games, so I'll be checking it out. But I feel anyway. like with yeah, I feel like with Spider-Man, um, the, okay, so let's first off... Let, let's um, go with Doctor Strange, because that's, okay, that's where I cut us off. So Doctor Strange, I liked aspects of it. I mean, and, you know, the whole, like, chase scene with him trying to get the box, and you know, Spidey kind of outdoing him a little bit, which I thought was quite fun, because I think that was, you know, what he needed to do, because obviously it was a Spidey movie. Um, so I like that. Whole thing. And obviously him coming back in at the end and kind of fixing everything was was fine. Um, I loved the fact that Ned had a little bit of magic in him. That was an interesting... I actually didn't like that. 
I, I did not like. It's that. a little bit of a nice, nice, probably little easy way of kind of fixing stuff, so they could kind of move around a little bit without it, jumping it around. It was definitely a plot contrivance. Um, yeah. The question will be: Will they follow up on that? Will he? Will Will Strange eventually track him down and be like, "Oh, you, you have magic power. Let's." Let's uh, get you into training. That's a that's a question for another day. Well, the, my only problem with that is obviously there's that whole thing about him making jokes about the fact of becoming a best friend that becomes a villain. Yeah. Obviously, leans in on the fact that he is actually in the comic books the Hobgoblin. Yes. Um, so this is a whole side. Thing. I did like the fact that they were like nodding on that a little bit, but I've always felt like Ned never fitted that. You know, he, well, yeah, his, his character has never Ned, fitted. No. It never fitted being the hobgoblin. No, absolutely not. Um, we'll we'll cross that bridge if and when we get to it. Um, we already know there's an entire another trilogy yeah. of Spider-Man movies, yeah. so there's the possibility. Uh, worry about that later. I, yeah. So yeah. the main point going back to it is Doctor Strange is casting this spell to erase people's memories of Peter Parker, and that entire scene just infuriated me for reasons that you were kind of hinting at there, where it's like. Uh, he starts the spell, and Peter's like, wait, wait, Ned, uh, let MJ know. And it's like, okay, all right, start over. Oh, no, no, Ned has to And it's just like, at that point, any person would go, okay, let's stop this. Who do you need to <laughs> Okay, this is the list. We're good, right? No yeah. more changes. Here's the list. All right, now let's do this. And instead, Strange just keeps going. He's like, dude, you're the adult here. Mm. Shut this down. It and, and if he is continuing to distract you, stop and make yeah. sure he will not distract you anymore. And this whole problem just doesn't happen. But I also love the fact that, like, Strange to go, what do you mean you haven't called MIT? Why haven't you spoke to them? I, <laughs> we I could have done all that for I, I didn't like that. The only thing that did get me as well, I think, was the thing. So I'm like, so everyone's going to forget. Um, what about the videos that, like, the, the videos and everything? Does that just disappear with Mysterio and JJ Mazine and all this kind of stuff? Like, does the magic spell work on that one? So th that was at that point you're like into technicalities of like, does this all work and all the rest of it? They will have to at some point go over at least I mean, they don't have to explain the spell in detail. It is magic, obviously. Yeah. And and magic is the hand wave. Yeah. We don't have to explain it. it it's the <laughs> quantum particles. Yeah. It, it's it's nanotech. You don't need to know. Um, but they do need to explain at least a little mm. of it. Did, did everything happen? Did some things not happen? Obviously, the major event still had to happen in some form. Uh, did Tony know who who um, Spider-Man was? Because because is he not impact? Well, he's dead. But he's so he's really gone. Matter, so yes. But yeah. did did he know who Spider-Man was? Things like that. Well, I would imagine that wouldn't really affect on that because he would have been gone. But I think it was more the fact that everyone still remembers who they still know Spider-Man. Spider-Man's still there. It's just they don't know who Peter. I don't know. It's, there's obviously some issues and stuff. I think they kind of glossed over it and kind of set reset the bar, which but, has always been what they've had to do in the comic books because they've had that I, same problem. Well, this this is the big issue. This is from Act One, um, and this has been the problem with Spider-Man since day one, since 1963 or whatever year it was when he was invented. He has to be the street level, down on his luck hero, right? Mm. And this is what the character he has not been in the mcu right he, he's yeah. flying around on stark jets he's got access to fabricators and everything like that um which they do it fine in the yeah. i'm not complaining about that that it, it made sense in the mcu but you get to the beginning of this movie and the problem of course is now everyone knows peter parker is spider-man and he's getting ridiculed for it 
And we get this montage that takes weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of him just getting absolutely hammered in the media. And okay, the comics tend to hand wave this away. Every hero's doing their own mm. thing. But here in the MCU, you need to address the point that's like the Avengers aren't going to do something. I mean, I'm not saying like they're going to suppress the information. I'm saying simply mm. like Peter Parker, who has saved the world with us in the battle with Thanos. Uh, is now being harassed. Let's just get him out of the situation. Let's, it let's... just, uh, yeah. It, it always. I think there was. I think I remember being. It's like you know they could have used a scroll to you know Nick Fury could have fixed the pro thing. I don't know. I mean, there's it's this. Not, they, not, yeah, they got. It's not even about fixing it. Like they they don't have to get rid of the everyone knows Peter. They just need to be like stop living in a in the Queen's apartment that everyone knows you live in. Yeah. Uh, let's get protection for you. Why are you even worrying about MIT? Let's just get you an internship with Bruce Banner or at PIM Technologies yeah. or or Stark. It, yeah. You know, why is he still in this situation when there are literally dozens of heroes who could do anything to help them out? And they, yeah. and it's not hard to address this point. You know, it, it's plenty easy to come up with reasons why. It, mm. I'm sure you will, you will see plenty of comments on Facebook with people uh, giving you the reasons why this didn't happen. The point is they never address it. No. They never even mention it at all. I think I think I just go back to like other comics and cartoons and superhero movies and stuff of just like he literally just would have had Peter Parker and Spider Man in the room together at the same time and everyone going, Okay, it's not him and let's and move on. That's literally in every cartoon show at least. <laughs> it's just it's an easy fix. But moving on from there, there was a couple of things I really liked about this one. Um, I thought the scene with Matt Murdock was fantastic. Um bring him in. You instantly had that reaction. And then obviously, going I'd only seen Kingpin like 45 minutes before this, maybe an hour before. So I'm like literally just like, okay, so we've just, I've just, just had Kingpin. Now I've got Daredevil. And he comes in, he's a lawyer. He does his bit. I love the thing of him catching the, catching the brick. Spider-Man kind of goes, hey. And then there's just a little nod to the screen. So if you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't know. And it's like, you, this is where you can take something that's been established over five seasons in another show, bring it in for 20, 30 seconds, and it adds to it. it and this is this whole, this feels like this whole thing with this movie, is they're literally taking stuff from the entire MCU, the Netflix series, the amazing Spider-Man, the Spider-Man, you know, it's like, this is, they've got so much established, you know, generations of us growing up on this stuff and just bringing weaving it all together into one big and it was that's what was so fun about it was that they you know, took all your knowledge from all of this and just mixed it all together and i think they did it really well i mean i still think they did it really well but you know i thought that scene and now it's going to set up matt murdoch is in the mcu daredevil's in we're just waiting for him now to you know the Disney are going to announce a show at some point, I'd imagine, pretty soon. Um, or or over in She-Hulk. I mean, given yeah. that she's a lawyer, he's a lawyer. That seems to be... Well, that could be like a... Like, this could be like almost like a, a teasy bit. Like right, of, exactly. Yeah. But I, I really love that scene. It was great seeing Charlie Cox as, as uh, Matt Murdock there. I love the brick catching yeah. moment. Uh, just great. The The only problem, and this is a very, very small one, is that now you're, you're kind of going through the rest of the movie. It's like, is Daredevil going to show up? Is he going to be at the Statue of Liberty? Is he going to be? Uh, I'm glad they didn't, mind you. But it, it there was that kind of like. You, you do, you know, do you know what? It's funny. I didn't actually. I never. I never gave him a second thought 
it was kind of a bit like he left and it was like that well okay the lawyer aspect of it's over with now and i actually didn't think about him for the rest of the season or the rest which of the, is, uh, which is good um, yeah. and, that, and that's kind of what i was getting at is i i want it to be like that i didn't actually want daredevil to show up but it, it did lay the groundwork for like will he show mm. up or will he even could he show up at the chem lab and and mm. like have a quick talk and be like okay this is too weird for me i'm out but there is that that kind of expectation when one of the characters shows up that mm. they will get involved somehow and i want them to break that expectation yeah which is why i like this scene in particular he shows up as you said he does his lawyer thing and he's done and there's no daredevil and that is what I want in these show, these movies going forward, where they can just do that quick nod. Maybe Peter Parker can show up. He can do a little chemistry thing for somebody. And then we don't have the expectation that Spider-Man is going to be in Shang-Chi 2 or, or whatever. Yeah. I, I'm just pulling random stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I think they seem to be doing it better with, like, Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner seems to be the one character that, you know, he can turn up and just do a couple of scenes and be gone kind of well, thing. And yeah. Wong. Wong has definitely been yeah. filling in that role, too. So I definitely, I definitely enjoyed that aspect to it. Now, I'm going to be honest, I don't know how your theatre reacted when the portal opened and Andrew came through and he took the Actually, mask off. As I said earlier, there were only like 10 people there. Uh, See, we, so probably had, we probably had about 30 or 40 people in the room with me. I mean, it was a pretty empty because it was like 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, but there was gasps, yelling. No, I mean, I did see a video of some people reacting, of like the entire audience screaming, shouting, waving their arms. They look like some football team. I'm like, I'd, and they're like a lot of Brit uh, there was a few British people that go, I would have hated to have been in that room. <laughs> it was just like, um, like yeah, no. I, there was a, there was a. I mean, I I think I did laugh out loud. I did literally. There was a kind of an there was some noise that might have come out of my mouth at that point because I think it was that thing of we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. I mean, you, you we, but it's actually seeing it was kind of like because of course then. I think like the Andrew reveal was the one that got the reaction. It was Toby's was a little bit less mute. It was in the in my theater was a little bit less mute because you were now expecting it. You knew it was coming. Whereas and they were like, oh we're gonna go get him. Whereas like Andrew, his was the the reveal that kind of right. got it. So I think it was actually the opposite at my theater. Now we did not have that like whooping and hollering. So there were only ten people there, and and nobody had a major out yeah. loud reaction. I think a couple of like happy guests or, yeah. or something like that. That was it. This is actually specifically why I picked a theater that yeah. only had 20 chairs because I did <laughs> not want to be in the situation you described. Yeah. I, I saw uh, Endgame like that. I saw Force yeah. Awakens like that. I'm just like, I want to watch the movie. Be quiet. Yes, I'm happy that Captain America got Thor's hammered. Yeah. Shut up, you know. <laughs> um, so that did not happen in this theater. But I think the bigger reaction was actually Toby. And I think it was more because most of us have a bit more nostalgia for Toby as Spider-Man than we do for Andrew. Yeah. Um, and and getting in there and and he kind of looking a little beat down, a little, you know, okay. the world has has ground him down a bit. Got a little bit more of a reaction, kind of like, I'm glad you're here. It's great to see you, but oh man. <laughs> I really liked as well. I like the whole thing of them like talking. There's a lot of talking between the three of them, which I thought, which I wasn't expecting as much of. I'll be honest. I. I knew they were going to be in it. I mean, we'd all kind of worked that out. Um, I'd seen bits and pieces. I'd seen a few of the leaks and stuff. Um, I wasn't expecting the dialogue between them all to be as good as it was. Um, it was a lot a lot more nippy, a little bit more. I liked, as well as they went on past the movies. They kind of hinted at, like, you know, obviously Toby got married and he 
had some battles and stuff, but he was just, you know, they were, oh. whereas Andrew's Spider-Man was miserable. He, he, and he was you know, saying about like not pulling his punches anymore and being depressed. And I, I thought that was a really interesting take for him. I, I, I like that aspect to it. It, it is the first time that I've actually been a little sad that we never got a third Garfield movie, because if that was the direction that they went with him, where the, the death of Gwen Stacy kind of uh, threw him over the edge just a bit, there would have been a very interesting storyline out of that that we could have watched. Um, admittedly, I didn't really like either of his movies, but that wasn't his well, fault. Well, I, I actually did a bit of a Spider-Man like, run-through on that, because they were all got put onto Netflix this month over here. In the, so I watched like one one. Spider-Man 1 and Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. I didn't bother with Spider-Man 3 because I didn't think it made any difference. And Spider-Man 2 wasn't on there. So I just kind of caught up on the main ones. But I think having only literally watched him as Spider-Man the day before, and then I also watched Homecoming and Far From Home, Mm. um, I'd only seen all three of them as Spider-Man like in like a matter of days. So I was nicely caught up and like, you know, oh, you know, that that helped, I think, as well. Yeah. Now, the last time I saw either of the non-Holland Spider-Mans was when we did uh, Spider-Man 3 Retro Review, yeah. which I think was even like a year and a half or yeah. two years ago at this point. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad they, they didn't bring Topher back for that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, all three of them, they, there was just a really good chemistry between them. And it really felt like even though they're all Peter Parker, they were they were different Peter Parkers. And this yeah. was kind of was alluding to when we saw Kingpin in Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, where they really are just going the multiverse we can have very big differences in the multiverse that doesn't have to be the same actor it doesn't have to be any of this well, this is kind of what leans into that whole thing of like um j joma jameson because <laughs> jk simmons <laughs> because that whole thing as well of like him obviously in then he's got like a web sh- i mean i love the fact as well that he started off in his in his, in his office with a green screen yeah, and that. then obviously got more and more popular say and so i didn't i did like that i did thought that was quite a nice little nod but obviously he looks the same but he's he's obviously older so they've kind of been able to play on the idea that he, he is different i mean there was even a little joke about miles at one point and you know they kind of put and i like that whole aspect and even the fact of Green Goblin might not have come from the same universe as um, that we expected him to. He wasn't yeah, the one that, that we've. I kind of got that from the trailers, actually, because yeah. they made a, a big point of like these are the these are characters that Spider Man or, or that die at Spider Man's hand. Like Sandman didn't die. No. Uh, I I can't remember if Lizard died. I think he got healed, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like. Sure. Yeah, if if these are characters who Spider-Man killed one way or another, uh, then these are not necessarily from the universe that we expect them to be. Well, it's like even I mean, Electro doesn't even he just I mean they completely just rebranded well, it. You know, yeah, they but they at least it. explain. Well, okay, the they explained the color change because he had the arc reactor instead yeah. of, that he was using to power up. But yeah, the the initial change where he comes in, he's got like the goatee and he's actually welcomed instead of the yeah you know, hair Absolutely. that makes mine look yeah. good. You know yeah. Um, yeah, the, there were definitely differences in there. I think that was the thing. Is I think ever since the you know we first saw once we knew Electro and like I think as they were doing the PR with the three villains, you kind of it's like well, like, well come on guys, we know Spidey. And I think Sony played this. I do think they played this great with like they were st- all in denial, 
all just like, no, 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 no. And it was like, well, you've got the villains in here, so it makes sense to do it. I mean, Andrew Garfield was just getting more and more like annoyed every time he did an interview. I don't blame him. But at the same time, he must have been like, I'm in it. I know. I don't blame him at all because on the one hand, he's trying to promote a completely different film. Which I think is on Netflix now. Yeah, uh, is the musical, and and at the same time, I'm sure that he would have loved to do it. Yeah. Yes, I am in this. Go and watch me. It is my swan song as Spider-Man, uh, but he couldn't. Uh, so I, mm. I, I did actually feel bad for for Andrew getting bombarded with questions he couldn't. And the thing is, I mean, we're probably looking at probably in the new year they'll probably actually be able to start talking about it then um, when they will come after holidays and stuff. And yeah, it is. It is. I thought it was a a solid movie. I really enjoyed it. The whole thing of them like resetting everybody and kind of it's, it's like he is part of the MCU. He's not going off to the um you know the Spider Verse. You know they're not putting him over because there was a whole kind of expectation that he was going to go for a portal and go off to Venom World and do something over there. Um, well, which they, I mean they tease Venom. I love. I did actually like how they handled Venom in that end, in that post credit scene, because the whole thing of like he's in there, he's there, but he hasn't actually like done anything. And then obviously I, they they set that little tick that. I, um, yeah. See, I didn't actually like the little tick. Um, I know what you're talking about. There's a little tiny yeah. piece of the Venom suit that got yeah. left behind. Um, I didn't actually like that. I, I would have preferred that their future version of Venom uh, came from within universe. But we'll see what they do with that. Uh, Obviously, we've got a couple of years before they, they come back to that plot point. I did like that scene. Tom Hardy just doing a great job. If the Venom movies had been more of that, of just of the banter and and him like having these conversations through the suit and stuff, I would have liked. Uh, well, I, I can't speak to the second one. I never saw the second one. No, I, haven't, I would have liked the first one a lot more. I was waiting for it to drop because I wasn't willing to pay 16 quid to rent it. That was my... Um... And once I'd seen the post-end credit scene, I didn't see the need to go to the cinema because I knew nothing really was that connected to it. Um, I just feel like that, that worked good. I mean, I think now we're at a set now where we know Peter Parker is, you know, he's a down on his luck. He's doing whatever he's doing in his apartment. It's kind of going back to basics of, of basically resetting him so they can do the new Spider. Because ultimately the thing is with Spider-Man, he's like the only Marvel hero really that has a secret identity. Whereas in DC, it's quite a, established thing in marvel universe is not really something they have nobody no, really they, has they, they they kind of did away with secret identities in the mc which kind of makes sense in the modern world having a secret identity as a hero would would be insanely different They're difficult there's cameras everywhere now. everyone's got a camera on their phone all it takes is one person catching spider-man changing in a back alley and oh, there's peter parker um you know so i get it but as I said back at the beginning of this, I do like that they they brought him back to mm. low tech, man on the street, um, you know, constantly getting beaten up by life. Yeah. Uh, Spider Man. Uh, we'll see where they go with it from here. Uh, in particular, his own movies, but also like Avengers movies and and crossovers and things mm. like that. Um, I did like the new suit. Uh, it is a nice throwback. Maybe a little glossy, maybe a little yeah. too shiny, but it, it was a good. I like the suit. Um, I don't know. I, changing subjects just a little bit. If I've got complaints, other than the the big one I had at the beginning, which is like this setup makes no sense at all. Uh, the the only other complaint I had is um, Lizard was such a 
non thing in here. I wish they had used somebody else. Um, I get it. Like out of all the actors they had, he he was like probably the easiest to get back. I, I, I'm not trying to say that in a negative way, but I recognize it comes across that way. <laughs> it, it definitely felt like him and Sandman were not on the same level in terms yeah. of like... Yeah. I, I also probably would have picked someone other than Sandman, to be honest. Um, but uh, they did need that character who who actually liked Spider-Man and respected Spider-Man to, to kind of be the buffer between them. But I... I really would have liked to have seen the Green Goblin version from Amazing Spider-Man rather than Lizard. Yeah, uh, I think that Willem Dafoe and I can't remember the actor's name, yeah. but the, that Green Goblin could have had some great scenes in the same way that we had Toby and and Andrew and and yeah. Tom in the the chem lab. Just having two different Green Goblins, very different characters, just bouncing off of each other would have been mm. uh, really entertaining. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't because I think Willem Dafoe is so great as as I, as the, the one. Absolutely. Um, I wasn't so keen on like the 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 fade away when they went back. That was a little bit like a mini blip. It didn't quite. I would have preferred to be a bit better, but no. But no, I, I mean, I was. I thought it was funny because I hadn't picked up on this, but apparently in the, in Hawkeye, Iana talked about what they were doing at, on with the Statue of Liberty. And I didn't obviously pick up on it when I watched the, watched the episode, but obviously had a big impact on that movie, you know, with them putting the shield on. <laughs> it was, <laughs> was, was a little much, uh, I'll grant them that. But uh, yeah, no, they mentioned it in Hawkeye. And obviously we got Kingpin in Hawkeye. Yeah. And now we've got Matt Murdock over here and we saw the construction of yeah. uh, the Statue of Liberty. And it's like, all right, I like the way they're singing up. It is, absolutely not an accident that that episode dropped this week alongside yeah. uh no way home well it's i'm it's why this coordination yeah. between them it's why like kevin feige literally was along the lines of you know, yeah charlie cox is dead ever because i think they were long, this this week was just like but it also does show unfortunately the problem with leaks and all this kind of stuff of there's like they can deny stuff but no one's going to believe them because they lie about stuff at the time and it's like but sometimes they're just going to be wrong. I mean, I some of the expectations for Spider-Man in terms of X-Men and, you know, the X-Men characters are turning up and Wolverine was going to be in there and, you know, they were bringing in Miles and they were bringing in, you know, the cartoon version. And I mean, it was just getting, like, crazier and crazier. And I'm glad they didn't go that far because sometimes I feel like, you know, it's that thing of, you know, fan theory can kind of disappoint because there's no way they could ever do it and this is why i generally don't pay attention to fan theory we obviously had this uh, yeah. back at the beginning of the year too with wandavision where it was like it's going to be mephisto and uh reed richards is going to be there and yeah. it's like every which way and in the end it's like no actually they they might have been plans to do that but uh they didn't i'm glad that they did not do that here um one of my biggest concerns going into the movie was that it was going to be overwhelmed by the nostalgia of these characters. And if they had pushed it further, if they'd been X-Men or Ben Affleck, Daredevil, or yeah. you know some of these other characters, it would have no longer been a film. It would have just been a collection of, hey, do you remember when Ben Affleck was Daredevil? Here's Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. And keeping it as contained as they did, let them still tell a story. It still very much felt like it was Tom Holland's Spider-Man, wasn't it? It, it, yes. it felt like it was his movie rather than, I mean, I did like, you know, the, the little quips and stuff between them and all the like the discussions and stuff, but it was always along the lines of Tom is in, he is the, in charge. You know, he's the one that, 
you know, they're all following essentially going along. But again, it was just such a great, great one. I just realized the time we've really. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good. I really liked how Andrew and, and Toby kind of dropped into that mentor role. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're still able to do it. I mean, there's the, you know, haha, I need my back cracked kind of thing because yeah. I'm getting old and, and so forth with Toby. But. And I even, even just on like a little gag and joke and a little conversation about the, like the spider webbing. Yeah, the organic of like, versus the it's like, what, wait, what do you need those cartridges for? Like, wait, why don't you need cartridges? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I honestly could have just had those three in a room, maybe with Ned or somebody off on the side, and just had them quipping back and forth for like an hour. I would have been but perfectly I, yeah, But I think that helped with the it helped with that humor factor. It helped make it more um, just enjoy. I think that was you kind of come out of it and go, oh, that was a fun. It was fun. It was action. It was fun. It, I mean, the numbers are coming in. I think it's going to be the it'll be the biggest movie of the year. It's going to be probably one of the biggest um, opening day. Um, I think it's like the third biggest opening day ever. I'm just like behind like um, Avengers and First Force Away. And I can't have had we been outside the pandemic, it would have been much higher. Oh, um, yeah. It is going to be interesting how the long long legs on this one go because of restrictions and people not everyone going in and spoilers and all the rest of. It. But yeah, I mean, Sony really, I mean, they seem to have, they, we've just had them. We've had a, it just, to me, I mean, we've got the whole Kai finale coming up this week. It feels like we've just had an epic year of Marvel, a oh, marvelous year of Marvel. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we'll be talking about this in, in the yeah. near future when we are doing our, our favorite stuff from 2021. Uh, the Marvel shows are getting their own category because mm. they, <laughs> uh, if we put them in in the main category, they would just dominate the main category, and there's yeah. five of them anyway, so we'll do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anecdotally, as I said last week, I I tried to get tickets for mm -hmm. this movie, and e within an hour of the tickets being posted online, like mm -hmm. every showing was just filled. It was like pre-pandemic, where mm -hmm. uh, you you had to be on for these big movies, and you you had to get your tickets up front, and then I went back onto the website a couple days before launch and like okay let's see what's if there's anything available have they added in any new shows and there was actually a queue on the web page because people were lining up to get these tickets so much that the website had to meter the number of people coming in this is uh, a huge launch and i know hollywood's watching it very very closely on, on yeah the, the only thing for that with me is i do feel a little bit like it's not um I don't, it doesn't feel like you can, it's a lot of people are trying to compare it, trying to like, they, you know, some people are trying to use this as the save, save holiday, you know, Hollywood. And all. It's like, that's not going to work. This is a special case. This feels like a special case. I mean, actually, do you know what? I've just looked here. I mean, just picked a random tomorrow afternoon at my local cinema. There's a dozen seats. I mean, it is literally on like every half an hour. Okay. I think that's, that might be, and I'm in a sleepy little seaside town. So that also, in the middle of the winter so it does take into it but um i do think like this whole thing of like you know the end of this whole push of look cinema's back and you know streaming's bad and things shouldn't go to cinema it should be exclusive this is a special case this is a special movie special time special thing special way you cannot apply the rules of the pandemic to the spider-man movie because it's different to anything else I mean, the only thing is, unless you're a Marvel movie, you've not been able to really get a lot of people in unless you were Fast and Furious. Um, uh, I, think, I think Dune did okay. Um, I don't know. But, I think but, that again, it, yeah. exception rather than rule. 
Um, again, anecdotally here, I just jumped onto my yeah. theater website. I picked a random showing on Monday, middle of the day. So it's still a work yeah. day, 325, almost half the theater is sold out. People are, are still mining up to see this. Hmm. Uh, will that continue after this week? Hmm. Wait and see. But I, I feel like this one, and I've, I've said it on social media, I think there is going to be a big drop off because the fear of missing out mush pushed everybody at the beginning. You're going to have people wanting to go again, but um, I mean, you know, it's like here, how long the cinemas are going to stay open and stuff is difficult. But I feel like, you know, there's, this, there's been a whole rhetoric of this year of the, the movies coming back and Spider-Man is the reason we should all be grateful. So, yeah, and the next movie's going to flop and then you'll all be like, mm, we can't keep, like, Spider-Man's, you can't compare to Spider-Man. You know, it's going to do an incredible number at the box office. But it's a special movie, and I don't think you know nothing else this year is compared to it. Well, I mean, okay, this <laughs> there's nothing else coming out this year uh, to begin with. I mean, yeah, obviously we're talking about stuff that came out earlier as yeah. well. But I mean, the next movie that's going to make this kind of buzz, Doctor Strange. Yeah, maybe? That's not I mean, I, I'm not just, I'm not limiting this to just yeah. Disney movies. This is like in general. I mean, the Batman. Yeah. Maybe uh, the, the Robert. Well, it does, does feel like a lot of them have shifted away from the winter, which I don't blame them. I think a lot of them were a little bit forced. I think Disney got a little bit carried away with too many movies in this quarter compared to next quarter. Because, I mean, they just loaded up way too heavy. You know, West Side Story, uh, um, The Kingsman, Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. The Kingsman. Antlers, Kingsman's <laughs> next. But I would be honest, I feel like they are, you know, and then in like January, I mean, we're probably likely to have restrictions here by then with cinemas more than they are now. Um, I feel like they all probably, you know, they probably edged their bets and pushed a lot of the winter stuff back because, you know, there was going to be some problems. But, yeah, in Spider-Man, I still feel like it's a, spe it's a special case. Yeah, I agree. It's a special case. I think the only reason we don't have added restrictions already is because um, governments know we would probably have revolutions on our hand if they tried to restrict another Christmas. Uh, but January, we'll yeah. probably end up yeah. uh, seeing some stuff popping back in. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Kingsman does. Um, I think obviously it's, gonna, it's not I nearly it's on the flop. same tier, but it is a well-known franchise. Yeah. I, but if, if people are coming in expecting it's going to do numbers anywhere near this, uh, I, I think you're going to no. be disappointed. No. Right. On that note, guys, thank you very much for joining us. This is, like I said, this was a nice big bumper edition. We knew it would be, you know, where they go, oh, we got much to talk about this week. Now, <laughs> nearly a two hour episode. But on that note, guys, we'll be back um, next week um, with another episode. But like I said, it will be a couple of days earlier than on the normal Saturday release. On that note, guys, thank you very much. See you guys soon. Later. And in lieu of a post credit scene, we will now play a trailer of Doctor Strange for two and a half minutes. <laughs> Enjoy. Yes. We're not actually doing that. Bye, guys. <laughs> I'd like to thank all of our Patreon and YouTube channel members for their support. You can become a member from as little as $2 a month and you get access to our weekly Q&A and much more.